welcome to What Am I Rolling, a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast, hosted by me, Fiona. This is part two of our Going Rogue one-shot, so make sure you listen to the first part before continuing on with this episode. Some dedicate their lives to the cause. One day, you will dedicate everything. Those who dream of a better world know one simple, terrible fact. Not everyone who helps build it will be blessed with the opportunity to live in it. Those who put their lives on the line to transmute the dreams of rebellion into reality know the grim truth that to see this transformation occur, they may one day have to give their lives as a catalyst. Going Rogue 2E is a GM-less tabletop role-playing game for two to five players that tells the story of that sacrifice. Jess does an amazing job of running us through Going Rogue 2E. It was an absolute pleasure to have her on and to talk us through her design choices during character creation and guiding us through a full session. So I don't want to dwell too much on those elements here. The main mechanic to look out for is this. Whenever a player wants to take an action, they make a move. Each character role has a set of moves in three different varieties. Vulnerable moves, where they gain a token, strong moves, where they spend a token, and lateral moves, where they give a token to another character. Pillars and NPCs have moves as well, but only vulnerable and lateral ones. Each pillar has its own token pool, but NPCs do not. When NPCs make moves, they act as extensions of pillars. And in the same vein, when a character makes a lateral move that affects an NPC or maybe even a more abstract group or concept, that token goes to the pillar that the NPC or group is attached to. One last thing before we begin. Naturally, there are times in this one shot where the players and myself, mostly myself, get the rules wrong or forget something plot-wise. Whilst we always endeavor to stick to the rules wherever possible, at the end of the day, we all make mistakes, and what matters most is that everyone enjoys themselves. So, with all that out of the way, let's get back to playing Going Rogue 2E. We find ourselves in a galaxy ruled by the villainous Mandate. They sell a dream of tyranny in which the universe returns to the space between's one true way. Meanwhile, the Liberation fights to turn the tide its democratic parliament carries on the undying dream of a better way of life, while its pragmatic intelligence carries the burden of what must be done to bring that dream to reality. We are a crew of unlikely heroes. Ronan Zarato, the liberation spy who fights for a world in which his child does not have to live in hiding, pursued by those who would wipe out any Nova who does not submit to the mandate's vision of the space between. Cat Taylor, the wandering Nova, still mourning her long-fallen comrade and finally daring to reconnect with a higher purpose. The starry-eyed Lobo Santos, a young liberation recruit who bore witness to the mandate's destruction of an entire city just to wipe out one order of defiant Nova, and who truly believes that the liberation can right the galaxy's many wrongs. And finally, Lynn Corrick, the mercenary young thief, compelled to work for liberation intelligence by the capture of her comrade and unrequited love, Camden Allure. 
These are not your charming paragons, but rather the messy individuals who do what they must to make it in the universe and maybe, just maybe, make it a better place. Under the command of the scheming liberation officer, Agent Trinity Highland, our crew has been tasked with recovering an ancient Nova artifact through which the mandate intends to stamp out every tradition other than their own, this time for good. Not even the Liberation's Parliament knows of our mission. It's too risky. It goes too deep in enemy territory, well guarded by the mandate's cunning General Jandi, the same villain responsible for the destruction which brought young Lobo to the Liberation, and who still intends to silence every witness to the so-called gas leak. Our crew must learn to put aside their differences, even as Ronan and Lynn contend with the well-known fact that he is responsible for the capture and interrogation of Lynn's unscrupulous partner in crime and temporary mandate freelancer, Camden. We are cynics and loners, sinners and spies, and the hopeful believer who ties us together. We are not who one might dream would save the galaxy, but the space between has brought us here. We know, even if our tragic characters do not, that they will give their lives in pursuit of this mission. But we also know this. With luck, with skill, with the long overdue realization that this is something that matters, our improbable heroes will turn back the sea and spark the fire that will burn away the chains of the mandate. And with that, I believe it is time for us to hop into idle dreaming, which is a term from Dream Askew, Dream Apart, uh, the belonging outside belonging system upon which this game is based, which is where we just sort of talk about what do we think is happening right now and choose a point in there to jump in. When we start like being like, well, what if this detail got like more fleshed out? That's how we know. Okay, let's just make this a scene. And as I sort of said in our, our intro blurb right there, we've already come to the decision that we are hunting down an ancient Nova artifact uh, deep behind enemy lines that the mandate plans to use to try to control the space between as a whole. Does anyone have ideas for more detail about the artifact itself or what is our opportunity to get in? We found out that Camden, my criminal contact, was somehow involved and gave us the, the crucial but soon expiring intelligence uh, that will get us there, or that will uh, give us the opportunity to retrieve the artifact. Does anyone have ideas? If not, I can pitch some stuff. I'm curious about the idea that this artifact can be used to cut other people off from the space between. The idea that um, almost, yeah, using the Jedi as our villains here, um, mm -hmm. The idea that there are certain ways of interacting with the space between different philosophies, different approaches, and this artifact can make it so that only certain ones work. And maybe it's this very ordered, controlling version that the mandate wants to be, where only their novas uh, can mandate how everyone else uses the space between. And so their goal is to retrieve this artifact, take it to somewhere that it needs to be, in order to use it for that purpose. And our goal is to stop it before it can do that. I wonder, when you say artifact, I don't necessarily think of it as an object, but maybe a person or a child, perhaps, who has, as going off on what you were saying, almost like a, a negative touch cancels out 
almost say rogue from x-men type thing yes. like almost like a negative aura that you get close and it just cancels out powers it, uh, you know that sort of thing just from what you were sort of speaking that's sort of what i had in mind but again appreciate it if we don't want to go down that route i love that and i think it's a great motivator for lynn who would be very sympathetic to a child like that despite her her mercenary attitude mm-hmm. um and i think it would hit on uh ronan's entire deal <laughs> oh yeah i i immediately like when you said like the fact that it's like a not a conductor but the opposite for the space between is already an interest to ronan um mm-hmm. because his fault as a parent is that he's very fearful and if his child had the opportunity to not access the in-between and not be a Nova, it would be something that would drive him. Like he, it's what he wants for them, but not necessarily what he will make them do. And then on top of that, upon finding out it's a child, that would cause a lot of conflict for him because it's, you know, he, he, he has this natural instinct to go and protect um, gifted children from the regimes that try to take them. In that case, let me hit you with an idea, which is that we know as players that that's what the artifact is. Yep. All we know is an artifact is being moved or, or we believe oh, it's a physical yeah, object. That, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, Perfect. yeah. I love it. <laughs> it's like almost like um, it's the Nova's chosen one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. What if they are trying to take this child to like a temple on a particular planet mm-hmm. that is where it has such an impact it is so in tune it is like ley lines essentially where they will then be able to spread that influence outward and what we get is the location of that planet and when they are moving the quote-unquote artifact Uh, so we can try and meet them there and stop the artifact from reaching this temple it would be such a devastating blow to the nervous mm-hmm. that it comes from within like it just suddenly happens like you said like that there's ley line effects almost like that magnetic field maybe it's amplified in some way because it's like almost like the shrine of where they are and it just expands out and it just could absolutely ruin them if it's mm-hmm. a place that they consider sacred to the to the order so yeah 100 percent. my next question becomes where we enter i'm thinking we do something a little in media res which plenty of star wars likes to do mm-hmm. um and that if we want to go back to our receiving our mission, we can do that as a flashback, which I think really works works well in Going Rogue. My question is where along that point we do it. So we've established that wherever we're going, oh, we need a planet name. Uh, Don John has a planet name generator for <sighs> Star Wars, I think. Nice. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll we'll get that we'll get yeah. that in a second. We could be in transit on the ship on the way, and we could be stopped at a mandate checkpoint above mm. the planet or on the way. We could have landed in disguise and were stopped at a mandate checkpoint on the ground, or we've managed to put down somewhere hidden and we are trying to make our way to the location. Those are all ideas that I have. I'm open to others. Or did any of those sound appealing to people? I like being like in transit, like on the ship, because mm-hmm. that also gives us just like a little bit. We could like do like just a small amount of RP because like we don't have to worry about other people yet. Yeah, totally. Until I don't know, maybe the mandate hails us or something. I yeah, know. I do. I do like the idea of being being stopped. Whether I, I think, although going in secret is like, well, that is beneficial to us. I still like that of going. Oh, we didn't plan for this checkpoint per se, and what do we do as as players with that? But so yeah, I, I agree with uh, Dusty on that. Like having those little quick little moments, and then be like, oh darn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I love it. I'll say one. I've got a planet name. How does Azen sound to everyone? How do you spell it? 
A Z E N Azen. Okay. Cool. Okay. And yeah, so we're on our ship. Maybe this is a oh, we probably wouldn't be flying like a, a liberation ship, right? We'd be flying something stolen, something uh, disguised. Yeah. Oh, we could even be flying one idea. Uh, Camden is my captured comrade. Maybe mm. we're flying Camden's ship, which oh. has done work with the mandate oh. before uh, that the liberation has commandeered, which gives my character a lot of emotions to be on this on this place. Uh, but without her there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent up for that. Who is our pilot? Uh, Dusty Lobo is a hacker, right? Is your like one skill? Yeah. Does Ronan pilot? Do they have Lynn pilot because she knows the ship? Do they trust Lynn to pilot? I imagine it's one of the two of us. I would give piloting up to Lynn if that's a thing you want to do. I feel like Ronan would be reviewing strategy, trying to cover all the bases so that when things inevitably go wrong, he at least has some of them taken care of. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. So maybe maybe we're gathered up on the bridge. This is also a good time to look at your vulnerable moves um, because those are often some of the first moves that you will use to gain tokens to do other things. Mm-hmm. And this is often a good opportunity to, to do this sort of thing interpersonally uh, mm-hmm. that is vulnerable. So we are, we are on the bridge of this ship. Lobo and Cat, what are you like before a mission? What is your your emotional uh, usual ex- like experience of going into a mission? Are you nervous? Are you excited? Are you like trying to stay calm? What's the what's the vibe? Yeah, I think for Lobo, they've been on a handful of missions with y'all and even some before this, but they still are nervous, but also just kind of like buzzing with that energy before like you do something very incredibly wild. And they do this by either pacing, but I think the pacing they've been asked to stop by at least one of the people is like, because it's too (laughs) stressful just to see someone pacing around the ship. Mm -hmm. And in order to kind of stop them from that, they, one of their things is a jacket that doesn't quite fit them well. And I think it's just like, it's one of those like big puffy jackets that goes like (laughs) past their knee. And so they're actually sitting with the jacket, like over their leg. When you, you know how you sit and you have it all there and they have a little tiny journal that they're just writing stuff in. I have a response to that, but I want to give Fiona the time to tell us about Kat. Aww. And then I, I have somewhere I would like, love to jump in. So yeah, so uh, this idea that Lobo is was pacing up and down and then was shortly stopped <laughs> <laughs> by Kat, who's probably been sitting around uh, the table that they probably see themselves at just now. And Kat has not moved since uh, we started on the mission, has just been sort of very quietly in very sort of like very plain clothing, you know, arms folded, is just sort of concentrating. Every so often we'll grab uh, the cup in front of her and just has a, a, a drink of the uh, sort of the tea inside it and is just sort of focusing on that. And just watch, watching it as the um, as the, when it sort of when she puts it back down, obviously there's the ripples and stuff, and then eventually it sort of stops and is still. As obviously, even though the ship's going, doesn't necessarily shake or anything like that. And so it's just using that as almost like a meditative, a meditative sort of like thing. And then to have sort of like we'll go back and forth, and then <laughs> sit down, and then is like <laughs> writing. <laughs> And then eventually I'll probably, again, at some point, I'll just put my hand on their sort of their notepad and go, why don't you verbalize what you're thinking, Lobo? There's sort of a way to be like, what is it? <laughs> so I, that's what I would do. And yeah, you can see that her hair is sort of up tight, uh, bun-like. Normally it'd be quite long down her back. 
and just yeah just looking very chill about it just sort of like inside just everything is sort of withdrawn within um so it comes to a place of almost like not overconfident or, or smugness or anything like that. it just it's just like stillness readiness uh so to speak so I was gonna gonna respond to to Lobo's movement, but I love your thing of like why don't you verbalize this? So I'll I'll withdraw uh, my response. <laughs> oh, okay. I just want to ask one thing, so I have it in the back pocket. How old is Lobo? Like in years? Do you have a sense? Young. I'd say they're like nineteen. Nineteen. Mm, Perfect. I I think yeah. uh, Lynn in that case is going to be. 20 just one year older and we'll see if that comes back up <laughs> but yeah so so lobo gets gets told why don't you verbalize what you're feeling um and they 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 seem just like a little like because the way that i think the way cats moves is very uh precise and measured but it still surprises lobo every time because they're so focused they don't see like the sudden like hand appear and they're like oh they put, like steady their glasses i think they have like kind of squarish frames one of them is cracked i well i just uh i was just preparing in case you know like we we meet people that we want to like make sure that that we want to get part of the liberation and so um it, it, what, what do you think of this um my name is lobo santos i'm with the liberation and my name could be yours too no no as soon as i said that out loud no no lobo <laughs> And Lynn from the uh, like pilot's uh, chair, um, she's got like, um, who's wearing all black fingerless leather gloves uh, without even turning around. She's like, I've got two pieces of advice for you, kid. She says one year older. Um, (laughs) One, this deep in mandate territory, I don't recommend trying to recruit someone to the liberation, though I uh, appreciate your naive optimism. Two, if you're going to try and recruit someone, try not to use your real name. Have they never done this before? Looking at, like, finally turning and I think looking at Ronan with that question. <laughs> Ronan, I think, uh, is probably closer to Fiona in age. I would place him around, like, 35. Um, so he's nice and jaded. He he immediately like sighs just like that. Um, yes. <laughs> um, uh, and he, he turns to Ronan and, and, and just kind of, or not Ronan, he turns to Lobo and he's just like, really just don't talk to strangers. If you can't, I would love to make that a rule, um, particularly uh, for you. Um, I, I, especially with where we're going, strangers are a danger. And then he just kind of turns back. <laughs> focusing on the plans dad energy okay but like everything is danger and you were strangers when i met you so was the mandate but we're not um well the first of those isn't wrong this is not a mission for us to roll the dice like that Pat will sigh and sort of take lobo's book if i may i could do some corrections so that when the time comes you can give a really good speech. Um, sure, 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 yeah. Uh, you don't have to accept them. It's nice to be working on something like this. Just ignore them. Yeah, I, I apologize for my handwriting in advance. It's it's nice to be passionate. And uh, I was 
doing a vulnerable move, if that makes sense. I was sort of sighing and joining, joining someone on their quest, their quest to write up. <laughs> and use a little bit of little bit of writing, uh, a little bit more than probably what's on the page, but not necessarily like <laughs> dictating to Lobo what to say, but like maybe consider this and how what does this mean and like almost like teacher handwriting and it says question mm. mark um and then at the bottom there would be like a little like uh needs improvement but on the way there <laughs> so like I proper teachers are... <laughs> i was gonna say i do want to say like after a minute they're gonna like look at everyone just like also like it, it doesn't i guess it doesn't really matter people know my name anyways it's not connected to anything. People learning your name will connect it to something. I'm just saying you should be cautious, kid. And then I think uh, <laughs> Lynn's like, so if we're done writing um, rousing speeches, is there any sort of plan for what we do when we put down on a completely mandate-controlled planet? I assume they're not going to welcome us with open arms. And again, I think turning to Ronan on that one after I think there yeah. is a silence and, and turning to Ronan. Also in character, you don't have to have a plan. We can talk that out and then. No, no, no. I think it, make, it makes yeah. sense. It makes sense. You'd want to know if there was a plan. Definitely. Um, I think, uh, you know, before we go into like what Ronan says, I think before when they were assigned this mission or when Ronan or uh, someone got the contact for this mission, there might have been codes transferred ahead of time. So they have codes and identifications so that they can exist on the planet as possibly like returning citizens of the planet who have just finished a cargo run or something. Mm -hmm. You could even say that we might reveal a previously unknown weakness and give the intelligence a token. And so, yes, you have, when we captured Camden, uh, it was not only the ship and the information, but Camden had access codes. That's why we're taking Camden's ship, mm-hmm. because Camden was supposed to aid in this transport uh, mission. Do you say where they come from? Does does Ronan, like, mention that it came as where we, the same place we got everything else or, oh, or anything like that? absolutely does. Like... <laughs> it's it's not even he's not even trying to like upset Lynn, but Ronan is a type of guy who doesn't like shy away from um the things he's done. Um and he knows exactly what he has done. So he he kind of you know says something along the lines of like one of the uh few benefits that your friend left us was the safety we're going to have in landing on this planet. Deadpan stare at uh Ronan and is like left us my friend left us that's what you're going to call it really please if you're going to blackmail me at least have the decency of being honest about it ronan uh kind of just like leans back and and runs a hair a hand through his hair because he is already tired um, and he understands and he is feeling that tension and that friction. But at the same time, like he's kind of just like stands, not stands, but he, he turns to face Lynn entirely and says it like just outright. <clears throat> One of the benefits that we are enjoying after capturing your friend is the safety of this mission. You all the liberation really have a uh, one line, huh? The one that works. There's more than that, actually. I'm, I'm gonna, <laughs> and they see Ronan's face and like, 
sink a little bit more down. <laughs> I quickly give back the book and go, I think you need to work on this a bit more. And like just engaging Lobo so that these two can have their conversation. Sort of like passively sort of like, hey, I'm going to talk to you. <laughs> We're going to engage in our little bit of activity. <laughs> That's good because Ronan's eyes, they flicker just like for a moment because um, he was about to... To just go like, okay, we'll go talk about it. Let's talk about it. Why not waste a little bit more time? But he's not going to do that. He's just going to tap um, <laughs> the plans in front of him and and say it's best if we focus up. The faster this is over with, the sooner Lynn doesn't have to look at my face. Lynn uh, laughs at that, like a really like harsh, derisive laugh. Um, <laughs> that, that self-deprecating energy of that is 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 not going to make her like you, but it is going to make her laugh. And I think we're going to play, there's a version of the rules for people who have not played a lot of starting all of the uh, pillars with one token. And we're going to play that way. I'm going to spend a token to do a mandate move, oh, no. which is put someone in immediate danger. Oh. So just as you're saying that, we drop suddenly from hyperspace, not when we expect it to. Mm -hmm. And as our ship just... Boom, uh, back into into normal normal speed normal space we are suddenly hovering under a star destroyer we have been interdicted out of hyperspace and immediately over the radio we hear unidentified vessel you are on approach to a and like gives a, a sort of like clearance level uh for this planet there's there's travel restrictions in place and they're describing mm -hmm. the the exact code uh, of mandate law for these travel restrictions Submit identification immediately, or we will begin our tractor beam. And I think that's the point where Lynn turns to Ronan and is like, your show. We have identification, right? Maybe the identification is uh, only good for the planet. Ooh. Not for the, the transport. Or maybe it's good here. Maybe that is that is how we how we get around this. Do you have a preference? I'm just reading my moves really, really quick. Uh... If I'll also be like... Lobo, your handwriting has come on leaps and bounds since we last did our assignments together. You're looking really good. Like, again, just trying to be like, <laughs> anyone else? <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, it's totally good. Um, I actually think that maybe, 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 and then they're going to like close the book for reals this time. Just um, it, the longer we don't say anything, the worse it is. I'm going to assume that's true, right? Yeah, Lynn like nods, obviously. I'd like to use a strong move to counter that. Is that something I can do? I'm still kind of learning. Totally. In fact, I have an idea for how we give you the token to do that strong move since you haven't done a vulnerable move yeah, yet. Yeah. I actually think there's a, it really sets us up because we already uh, gave the intelligence a token for revealing a previously unknown weakness. Mm. But they can also take someone aside for a secret meaning, meeting and gain a token. Mm. And so maybe this is our flashback. We like camera cuts to Ronan with Agent Trinity Highland. Does anyone mind if I take Agent Trinity Highland, our scheming and austere? Yeah. 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 Oh, no. Let oh. me, let me uh, <laughs> lift up for this. Uh, what we cut to is uh, Trinity Highland saying, you understand that you'll be on your own, correct? I understand. I'm sending you with the Nova, the kid who, well, let's just say is a bit expendable. And the thief, the one from the ship, mm -hmm. we have her uh, friend, and we believe that'll keep her in line. I know that we're not sending you with any other of our more experienced assets, but you know what sort of mission this is. We just can't take that risk. Right. 
Is there anything else that you think you're going to need from me? Yeah, we're going to need additional intelligence. I've run scans on this ship and I don't know that it's going to make it all the way through uh, security clearance if something happens along the way. We need to start looking like one of them. Well, we will be sending you in uh, that captured thief's ship. Mm. We believe the identification should give you clearance for that area of space. But there is one concern. Mm -hmm. The identification is only good for two. So do be careful they have no reason to look closer. Do you understand? Understood. And then, like, passes you a, like, little chip, because everything in in faux Star Wars is uh, (laughs) manual, Uh, hands you, like, a little chip that you can slot into the, the console. Here it is. It should, at the very least, get you onto the planet. And Ronan, mm-hmm. if you don't have the artifact, don't come back. Right. Ronan takes it, looks down at the, <laughs> the piece of hardware, and then pockets it and continues on. That'll cut back to where Ronan is. He's going to get up, um, head to the cockpit comms, um, and start transferring those codes really quick i'm gonna count that as agent trinity highlands move what ask what you can do for me and give mm-hmm. them a token if you take them up on their answer and so i'm going to mm-hmm. give a token from the intelligence that one that they gained and give that to ronan to use in this moment perfect thank nice. you with that said uh ronan's gonna pull a strong move and reveal a tool that's already on hand concealed plug that uh hardware into console where the comms are and say transferring now. The um, Star Destroyer comes back in after a very long, very tense 15 seconds. Oh, what's the name of the ship? Um, Ooh. Uh, I think it's the knife or the... Um, Ooh. The black knife. Heck yeah. Okay. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Slices through space like nothing else. Exactly. Black Knife, your clearance codes check out. We've assigned you a landing pad on the planet. All entrances and exits, as you know, are authorization only. We will confirm your identification once you have put down on the planet. Expect docking crew to meet with you shortly after your arrival. Ronan leaves that leans over to the comm and says, um, Roger, Roger, and just kind of closes the, the communication there. Cool. So we close comms and Lynn like speeds up tentatively. And does Ronan say anything about the fact that that this identification was only good for two? Oh, yeah, I definitely think he's going to fill Lynn in on that. He's going to tell Lynn to continue piloting on because he's got to brief the full crew on it. Um, Then he turns around and says, we've got to figure out a way to smuggle two of us off of the ship without being detected. (sighs) Great. Great. Your your secret powerful backup plan was to uh, transport half of the crew that you assigned to the mission. I see why the Liberation still hasn't won. He's going to turn around uh, back to, <laughs> to Lynn, and it's going to be like a, a slow, uh, tempered turn. And he's going to say, the sooner you realize that this mission is bigger than any of us, the sooner you're going to find success here. And you need success. 
I assume you're taking a token for the mission is bigger than any of us. Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) And I will take a token for scoff at someone's commitment to their principles. So good. She goes, bigger than any of us. Everything is bigger than us. There's one thing I've learned in this world. No one other than maybe that emperor is anything more than an ant to them. Thinking that you're part of something bigger is just a quick way to get stomped. Do we want to cut on that uh, dark moment and, and cut to being down on the planet? Or does anyone want to respond to that? <laughs> I think Lobo is just like now, like, they're not like now stood up because like they're tense again and like about to start basing. Just like after this, we I should teach you there's more than just one thing. This is a bad time. Um, so <laughs> if only half of us could go, I feel like it has to be Ron and you and Lynn. Because Lynn's the pilot, and you're the one that just spoke to them. Oh, don't worry about me. I, uh, there's one skill I have. It's moving unnoticed. Assuming, and turning towards Ronan, you'll be okay with me being out of your sight for all of five minutes? I don't know exactly what the terms are here. Well, the terms are that you are captive of, uh, of our order. So explain your plans to me. Because in honesty, Ronan was about to shove somebody in a box. So he's open-minded <laughs> about the ideas. Uh, they have cargo crates on board. Those are reinforced. Um, but but if Lynn has an idea, he was the one who advocated for her chance to prove herself. So even if she's going to be rightfully snippy at him, he believes in her. There's something he sees in her that ref- is reflective of himself. And so... He gives her the floor to explain what her plan is. She just like suddenly flicks a knife into her hand that wasn't there before. And she's like, improvise. That's not a plan, Lynn. I mean, I, for one, I'm a big fan of improvisation. She's, she says like, quiet this whole time. <laughs> no offense, Ronan, but um, I don't want to be in a box just yet. Don't worry. We'll, we'll take care of ourselves if needed. And carries on drinking her tea. I think it's simple then. I'll be in the box. And, and like points, I says, I'll, uh, I think it's simple then, just as Lobo says, I'll be in the box, and then just like <laughs> waves a hand at Lobo. Um, look, we're operating in sync already. So unless, any, unless there's any objections, maybe the plan is uh, Lobo is cargo and Lynn is improvising. It sounds good to me. Ron, it's like, uh, <laughs> he's like, improvising is still not a plan. And if you run away, it's going to get messy. Cause then, oh man. Um, he like taps, he taps the dashboard for a moment and just kind of thinks about it. And then he just grunts and says like, all right, Lobo, let's just get you in that box. And I think that's the cut. Um, <laughs> Star wipe. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Um, so then we appear on the planet. We've put down, we see the ship like coming down, like firing up its rockets, landing on this pad. What's the planet like? What's the the condition uh, of the planet? Does anyone have a have an environment that's calling to them? I I want it. I want there to be a storm on. <gasps> oh. Camino style. Yeah. Yes. I'm feeling oh, very yeah. like like sea bound, like we're at a port, maybe. Mm. The temple is underwater. Yeah, yeah. The, the, oh, yeah, the yeah, Nova Temple's cool. underwater. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very, oh, very I cool. We're in like a giant complex that's sort of like uh, the Narkina 5 prison from Andor mm. that like 
drops way down into the water and we're landing on that top pad. I love it. Perfect, perfect, perfect. And so it's storming and we see the the ships like sputtering engines burning away the rain uh, as we land. And then we cut from the landing to us coming down. Well, the three of you coming down the ramp, carrying cargo. And given it was a transport mission, probably the cargo would be authorized if you don't uh, provoke any other suspicion. So yeah. the, the docking agent comes up and she's got her hands neatly behind her back. Present your identification. And so Ronan presents it. Dips it. Easily. Yep. Name. Uh... I imagine that the identification has Lynn and... Oh, oh, it's just their names? Okay. All right. Well, okay, because I was about to say Java. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, so he gives them the, the, his name. So which of you which of you is Lynn Corrick and which one of you is Camden Allure? Ronan will take the name Camden because it sounds neutral. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll, take, I'll take Lynn. Like, hello. Please open the cargo for inspection. Do you have a way to talk them out of this? Deary, you must understand, it's been quite a journey. My um, legs, they, I really, look, we have been on a big journey and we just want to deliver things and just go home. I, my dear partner, they've, they've got our tea on the thing. I think it's, oh, I think it's shepherd's pie. You wouldn't, you wouldn't let a delay in us getting home and like we don't want to bother you it's just it is as it says on the data pad and i will do a strong move paying that token and i will stage a convincing distraction a convincing distraction interesting so you will um in, like engage that distraction mm-hmm. and i think that's going to uh give lynn an opportunity for something so like right. you're engaging in this conversation but like Still haven't fully convinced them to like... No, no, I, I, if anything, I sit down on the box because I'm just like, oh, yes. it's just, oh, it's just really, it's really repressurizing, you know? And, and just like being in the way. <laughs> and it's like trying to finish this conversation, is trying to cut you off. And then uh, Lynn will use the strong move, find yourself uh, cornered and smash your way out. I so see. like Lynn didn't have a way off the ship yet. And you just see the flash of a knife land in that mandate officer. Oh, leaves the uniform clean though with where it hits and so they suddenly drop and lynn comes up and without even talking starts taking off the uniform like i said improvise yes and i believe oh <laughs> i'm so glad that um lobo didn't see that uh, Lobo's just <laughs> from the crate you just hear like a single knock <laughs> like not saying anything yet just like Ronan immediately responds by knocking uh, back with the back of his boot on the crate. Just like, kind of, be quiet. I think Lynn looks up and is like, well, I believe we're through the checkpoint. And gestures at the now, like, down to their undergarments mandate officer. You might as well let the kid out. You could put them in the the crate. You know, for (laughs) safekeeping. Yeah, uh, like trading places with Lobo. Um, Hmm. So I think... Uh, unless Ronan stops Lynn, she like pops open the crate. Oh yeah, no, Ronan lets Lynn pop open the crate and he walks around so that he can be like in Lobo's view because he doesn't want Lobo to see this dead body so early in the mission. So mm-hmm. one of the things I'd love to do, I have this little keychain in front of me that is, um, it's very much like Rose's ring from The Last Jedi where it has 
the little spindles that that open up mm -hmm. like the rebellion thing so when lobo uh gets out of the crate ronin presents him a a, a little like a, not like a medallion a little trinket like this and he says so instead of giving your name out to people if you find someone who you think should join the cause give them this it'll take them to us and that's his distraction, so Lobo doesn't see the dead body. <laughs> well, I, I think in order, you open the crate, actually Lobo, you see Lobo actually, like, at the bottom, like, leaning down, but they have the blaster out, like, like a whole <laughs> hand-me-down blaster, and just like, oh, okay. I thought I heard something fall. They're going to get out, kind of like maybe stumble a little bit, because, like, the crate and now the floor is wet, where, like, they weren't realizing mm. it. Um, Just, like, then that happens, like, oh great cool i'm just gonna put that on and they start like messing around with it and look down and then see like just i, I guess no longer boots right just bare feet yes <laughs> um i think the bare feet sticking out of the crate as lynn is like lumping the body in there and then pushes the feet out of the way um <laughs> and slams the crate i, I did hear something fall uh no, we, we don't have time to talk about that. All right, cool, cool, great, cool, awesome, cool, uh, rad. What now? Um, I think when you say we don't have time to talk about that, there's a comment from Lynn that it's like, I'm liking this one more and more. <laughs> and then like Lynn points and it's like, inside we go. And then she's like straightening, she's like buttoning the uniform. I assume I can probably, and like takes out like code pen, get us in there. At least part of the way. Lead the way. Yes, let's go. As we start to head inside, this is going to be a good time for the mandate to use a move, um, which Ooh. is <laughs> foreshadow a larger threat and gain mm. a token. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> and um, as they do so, um, as we like begin to head inside, we see hands swiping over a data pad. It's... General Jondi. Oh, no. Um, we, like, uh, reverse shot. We see General Jondi at the desk and is, like, having a meeting, something unimportant, and is, like, lifts up a hand and says, Wait a moment. My package just arrived ahead of schedule. This is going to have to wait. And, like, without even waiting for the, like, underling who was reporting, just walks right past them. They're, like, sort of jaw open um, <laughs> and heads uh, out of the door. And two, like, mandate troopers form up uh, behind, who are, like, guarding the door and are now formed up behind this strutting mandate general who has, like, a cape, like, billowing out uh, behind him. So we now have General John D. moving towards us. Of course, we don't know that. He just saw our identification and uh, came on his way. We're moving. We, we've entered the facility. Mm -hmm. um, and they seem to be letting us through. Um, I've got on that mandate uniform. I assume Ronan like knows the location of where we're trying to go. Yeah, uh, I believe the um, intelligence gave him a general like layout plan of the base that they're in and where he has to go. What I would add as sort of a detail, so we're sort of moving through things. Like obviously, Lynn is sort of getting us through things, but we were just mm -hmm. trying to pass through corridors which might have lots of mandate soldiers and stuff. So we're taking a moment. Is that I definitely at one point would pass maybe a storage room or something like that with lots of nova sort of like bits if we've come from the temple no doubt they've been excavating mm. quite a bit of it mm. and you would definitely see cats that look at it and quite a lot of it might be smashed or broken because they've been fairly careless 
with it and maybe on some of the sort of uh, I'm thinking because it's an underwater temple definitely like anything in stone is definitely sort of like hieroglyph like you know sort of carved in and stuff and it has that sort of beautiful green sheen to it and sort of like looks at it and she's just and just then just ignores and just carries on going just but like the idea that there are this relics in general of a order i really like that i also think we don't know what the artifact looks like so it makes sense yeah maybe maybe even part of your job on this mission like why you were sent was hoping that you could recognize the artifact like they sent a nova so maybe like actually we stop at some of these like artifact Mm. stores and like i enter my code pin uh like it lets us through Mm. and uh cat is like inspecting these artifacts yeah definitely like sort of put my hand over them and sort of like sort of close my eyes to try and feel something and if we go through it and like no not here just just dead echoes here unfortunately i think actually can i cut you off at the word echoes absolutely yeah and then i'm going to use a space between move uh and by the way on the last page of our like play doc you can find a list Mm -hmm. of all of the pillar moves um in case like you see one that you want to do, um, but we're going to invoke awe and gain mm-hmm. a token. And when we do, suddenly you, you say echoes mm. and the camera cuts to a like shot deep, deep underground. Um, and you see these like tall stone spires and archways, some of which are outside and already like crumbling. But in the center is this like, almost cathedral-like structure on the open on the ocean floor and we see like an outer shot close up on like a a carved relief and then inside we see like a central chamber Mm. i'm imagining um like something floating in the center Mm. like some sort of like um stone object maybe this like sphere in the center Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. like giving the impression it's some sort of all-powerful artifact. I'm I'm aiming for a a little bit of a red herring here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So just as you think that this isn't what we're looking for, it isn't, but it's the same stonework as this Mm. room that you are suddenly envisioning in your mind. And so you say echoes. Echoes. You have those flashes. The camera has those flashes. And then we cut back to your body. Yeah, uh, I sort of take my hand away from the relief. No, it's not here. Whatever it is that we're looking for, it's it's in the temple itself. It's far, far beneath us. It also involves us going underwater. Lynn looks at you and is like, you got all that from some etchings on a rock? I improvise. (laughs) (laughs) That gets a laugh. Well, if, um, I think Lobo kind of just like, has been like, looking from inside the room back to the door back and forth just like just like as a little nervous tick mm-hmm. um but i'm just also going to say like well if we could find like the central like database here i could see like if they have info about it um we would just need to like get there i mean i could try to go just get there i'm allowed to be in here right well no one has stopped you yet i'd say you're the least allowed to be in here <laughs> um uh but you're your skills are going to help us get down there faster. So yeah, let's let's have you move 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, just, just, just hang out. And I would like to use a vulnerable move. Uh, no. Overconfidently, <laughs> rush overconfidently into more danger than you can handle. As I go alone into where the central database is. Here's my suggestion. Um, uh-huh. If you don't mind, I still think this is rush overconfidently into more danger, especially because these systems are are pretty pretty advanced. Uh-huh. What uh-huh. if I say, Lynn says, um, this is just an idea. Well, you two have authorization to be here. Mm-hmm. I, well, the disguise has worked so far. Mm. How about I escort the kid and you two try and keep making your way down? If we can uh, open a few doors from you, hopefully uh, they can hack it. Uh, and you realize uh, it's using hack in multiple meanings Incredible. of the, the term there. Uh, okay. Yeah. They're going to like tap Lynn like on the arm, like like friendly, but like that hasn't never been done with it between them before. And just like improvising. <laughs> I love how that's been become the, the theme of this. I love it. I love it. Um, Ronan is uh he's he's pretty good at concealing his emotions, but you can you can tell that he is uneasy for a moment. Uh but he has to believe in his team and you know sacrifice them if this goes wrong. So if you know if they die, they die. But he has confidence um <laughs> that they can they can do this, especially after. Uh, what Lynn has achieved so far and his knowledge of Lobo's capabilities. So he just gives them like a firm nod um, because he's already, I would say in a room surrounded by like Nova artifacts, he is already on like high alert. Yes. So I think this is a good time for us to split the party. Excellent. (laughs) And do we want to start with Lynn and Lobo or do we want to start with Ronan and Kat? Does anyone have any preferences? I think we go for the double L squad. Yeah. Lynn and Lobo. There we go. Yeah. Okay. L, L squad is a L squad. Hell of a thing to call it. <laughs> yeah. L squad. <laughs> Taking L's. Um, so we cut to me once again, inserting a code pen. We we are actually on the other side of the door with the camera. I, I love talking in terms of the camera. I love it. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Same. Same. We're, we're on the other side of the door and we see me through like a window inserting the pen and then the door splits to reveal the two of us. And we like head on into this big mainframe room, which is because it is Star Wars at the center of a large cylindrical empty space with like that drops into water below. Like you can see water like 200 meters below us. Mm -hmm. And we are we have to walk across a catwalk to like a spire in the center where the computer is. And there are no handrails. Love it. So we come into that central spire and go up to the center computer and Lynn like gestures with a hand. Your job from here. Yeah, uh, I think before they even Lynn even said anything, they're at the console and already like typing furiously, <laughs> and then kind of just like saying like, "Okay, well, the first thing is just we need to find out where this information is, and then um, it's going to take way too long to try to actually get it from the system. So maybe we could climb and get it. Um, looking up, I say this maybe like a twenty foot spire as well." And I think it's like the thing in specifically Rogue One where, because it's, again, Star Wars, all the information are in just giant like data disks. Totally. (laughs) At that point, Lynn like sighs, of course, uh, and like grabs a handhold and starts climbing. Which one of these am I grabbing? Do you have any move that you like want to do? I think it's definitely uh, use your specialized skill to inspiring success. As soon as Lynn is like climbing and maybe like they got like, 10 feet up and they sit turn around and say that and it's like yeah it's uh it's this one and they click a button and one of the data disks that's like next to lynn's head just pops out um yeah like lynn moves sideways and like grabs it 
nice work, kid. Get anything else? And I imagine with inspiring success, maybe you have gotten something that that helps our other team, like some way to to get them down there. Yeah. Um, reading here, so this this spire connects to looks like actual a tunnel that goes through like a service elevator. If you could just get them to the other side, they should be able to get there pretty quickly because it's used to lift everything that we saw in that room up here. Well then, moving forward, and like takes out her communicator. The kids got you a route. And then we flip to Kat and Ronan. Mm-hmm. And could you give me a, a brief moment? I have a, a mandate move that I plan to come in with here, if you don't mind yeah. uh, playing it close to the chest. Mm-hmm. But a moment of the two of you, I imagine uh, if grandma and dad are hanging out, there's some uh, good conversation that could be had without the kids around. Definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. Or maybe even you're following this path down, like we've given it to you and we can clearly see you descending this service elevator. And uh, what, are, what are you two talking about, if you're talking? I think I would have definitely noticed Ronan's reaction to the order uh, insignia and, and stuff like that. Because this is the first time we've actually been in like almost like a vault of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And just having that sort of like... Not even looking at stuff. Not not saying that the Nova stuff is like, you must look at it or anything like that. But there's definitely, it always takes an appreciative eye. And I think deliberately, I think Ronan's deliberately not looking at anything like that. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess if we're going along this trail, again, maybe it's a bit tough. Maybe it's uh, sort of like, a there's definitely, it's underground. Maybe it's a bit more naturalistic, perhaps. And maybe a cat has to, it sort of asks for Ronan's arm little bit because she's not as stable on her feet with the sort of the sort of hewn rock and as they're sort of maybe making their way down into the depths yeah you notice that from Ronan do you have like anything do you like address it yes I think I do I sort of like uh sort of take a moment and I go I understand this is hard for you Mm. do people know about Ronan's kid do you know Kat Ronan, would you have told Kat about your child or would this be a moment of maybe that coming out? I definitely think this, yeah, this is exactly what I was about to say is that like you, you, you're completely right on your note about like Ronan definitely seems he's more stiff. He's uncomfortable being surrounded by all of these artifacts is like kind of, I wouldn't say putting him into panic mode, but his thoughts are going directly like to his child and what could be and what might be and what, how little control he has over their future right now. And I think that just like shows, especially to, to a cat, like on his face that he is uncomfortable. Would you have told cat previously about your kid? Or- oh, no, no. Sorry. Yeah. That, I, I completely forgot to note that, but no, um, I, I feel like this is maybe an opportune time Please. to ask about it because cat, no, Ronan has not opened up quite as much, but if it was to anyone, it would be to cat. Yeah, I think that statement of like, I appreciate this is hard for you, is like, she doesn't know at all, mm. but she's just reading off that, it, this. And so it's like open to hear it, if you see what I mean. Yeah. She's not like, she's not gone, I know what's happening. Like, she's just open to hearing it. Yeah. And I think that would be a great, great moment for me to use um, a vulnerable move mm-hmm. and break my commitment to secrecy in order to vent misgivings about my orders he'll respond and say like it is a lot harder than it maybe should be right now i can't say i'm the most comfortable person around stuff like this and he like gestures to the nova artifacts 
but doesn't exactly know how to frame it because I feel like he knows, you know, everybody in the group knows that like she has those abilities and he doesn't necessarily know how to frame it in a way that is polite. It's fine. I am. You get used to people staring and you get used to various points of view when you are and parts of an order. We each have our own things. I just want you to know that it is okay to feel these things. I share no ill will if you were worried about that. I wouldn't say that the, this is anything against you or the Nova. In fact, I... And he like kind of, he kind of like congests for a moment because he, you can tell like there's a nervous tick going on. Like with his, when, when you grab onto his arm, you can see his, his fingers are moving. Like they're just kind of like, you know, he's, he's, his fingers are moving because he's nervous about something he's about to say. And he says, um, uh, the Nova have affected my life in ways that I am still processing. And so being around all of this history, I would say it's, it's opening my mind to another, another layer of who they are, who you are. I'm going to use a vulnerable move myself now. I'm going to tell someone they remind you of a person you used to be or care about. Ooh. Satine. You said the same thing when she joined. Oh, Satine. We were, um, oh, what's the phrase? A partnership of some sort. Nothing official. Not how it always goes. He says this, a married man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he sure is glad he joined this rebellion already taken because it could have gotten real messy for him. And and he, uh, he kind of turns and says, like, what led you to join your order what was that a decision you made or was it one someone else made for you <laughs> if you don't mind me asking at all well i had to follow her couldn't be without her she was my stars my sky and she oh. could do so many incredible things she was there when the order fell and we had to leave. She made me go. I had to go with a bunch of refugees and stuff. I begged her to follow me. She said, no, it was important. Even though she'd had her own maybe misgivings, but her power, her something about her. She mm. was the strongest of us all. And... I would not be here if it was not for her. And yet she was the one with the biggest questions about the order, about our history. And I think it is a healthy thing to have this always questioning, never being satisfied with knowing or trusting. But that was long ago. Whatever it is about the Nova, that you have misgivings for, or uh, again, no shame, no ill will. But if there is something that will help us, if there's something that I can do, please don't hide it. Otherwise, it if you bottle it up, 
Well, you say it's the initiates. Bottling it up only causes harm for you. Oh, he's so good at bottling up his feelings. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think uh, he's gonna he's gonna thank her for being so open, and he won't pry necessarily about what happened to Satine because so much of that was in the past tense. Mm-hmm. But what he will say is uh, the Nova. And he just kind of like laughs a little. He's like, they're the reason that I'm here, especially on this mission. There's a reason this one matters to me. And that is why I've been so nervous about us getting this right, especially with kids. And he he says the kids, like they're, to him, mm-hmm. they are the kids. Um, to me, you are all children. well he still says the kids um he's like it's putting our fate in their hands it's a little nerve-wracking okay just like looks to her in a little bit of a wry way you know he's so used to being like a one-man machine that like he has had to learn a lot very quickly about you know being part of a team and leading it with these two Mm. noticing that Cat will sort of like squeeze his arm a little bit and be like, sometimes you have to let them make mistakes. It's actually the second rule of improv after yes ending, make mistakes. And as you say, make mistakes, (laughs) you reach this stone door that actually parts for your presence. Uh It begins to disassemble itself and pull back. And on the other side is General Jondi. Oh, no. Put someone in immediate danger and give them a token. Uh, And I'm going to give that token to Ronan. Uh, Actually, I'll just give it to both of you. Why not? Um, Oh, very kind of you. Thank you. General Jondi says, I hear you've arrived with the package. Where is it? And then cut. Oh, <laughs> <fuck>. <laughs> where's Lid and her improvisation? This is yes. <laughs> oh, you can guess and General Johnny. <laughs> I think this is the point where we go back to our L squad. And speaking of where's Lynn and her improvisation, I'm thinking we are trying to now travel the same route that they traveled using the ID card that like occasionally during that conversation we saw them dip the ID card to like move further and further down right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we approach a closed door that would like lean to the stone section right like this was we've already seen this transition point from the 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 metal base to the the stone below Mm -hmm. and we I slot the ID pen red light I try it again red light now the red light is blinking no ah shit Mm. Mm. shit 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 yeah, that's that's code. That's bad code for us. Yeah, I have that idea. Um, and then we start to hear like footsteps around the corner. And I'm going to use the vulnerable move. Get captured. Oh, no. Uh-huh. You're the one in the uniform. <laughs> yes. Using my code pen for something that I'm not supposed to. Does anyone oh. want to play, to play the uh, mandate NPC who... Uh, comes around the corner, either a trooper or like an officer in a set of two troopers who are like checking out this security, like failure. Like, why am I trying to use this ID pen here? 
Sure, sure. I, I mean, if uh, you, me, Katrina, do you want to come as a double act? Mm-hmm. Oh, it. yeah. A trooper <laughs> and an officer. Yeah. I'll play the trooper. I love playing dummies. Um, <laughs> I'll come. I'll come as the officer then. So yeah, we'll, we'll come around the corner. Hey, a short woman with like very very cut top. So uh, identification, please. We had a a notification saying that um, uh, there's some issues here. I look down at my like nameplate and I'm like, uh, Lieutenant uh, Andro uh, hands over the ID pen. Uh, doc, doc attendant. Who's this? This is. Uh, uh, I was. They asked me earlier for assistance with the code pen, and I was just trying to help them out. One of the technical workers here. I my badge is in the break room. Sorry. That's not up to code. Neither are your shoes. <gasps> That's it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're just, untied. Like, Look, your shoes are untied. That's not up to code. He looks over to the officer, like, "What is this tomfoolery?" But you can tell in the tilt of his helmet that that is what he is thinking. <laughs> Uh, you have to come with us. We need to uh, go over some bits and pieces whilst we have our, um, our things look at the door and clarify you're supposed to have your papers on you at all times. Looking towards Lobo at this point. Um, Where's your uniform? I'm trying to think of... Uh, I think I'm just going to, like, again, kind of rush overconfidently again, but, like, oh, no. rush with my mouth um, to take a vulnerable move and just... Um, well, so, yeah, no, I... You're you, no, totally right. Uh, just it was really it was cold outside, and I went out to take uh, it was cold outside vape break because you know it's up to code. We're not supposed to do that in the building, obviously. You know that, right? Yeah. So I was just I came back, and then I ran into Andro. Um, was trying to help him out, um, and obviously like the the code here. So you know, if you didn't come, I was actually just about to call you. And I think as you say that, um. <laughs> Lynn just tries to drive a knife into one of the troopers. Um, but to be clear, I'm still using my get captured move. This is not a strong yeah, yeah, move. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, a vulnerable yeah, yeah. move. Um, so like I try to jam a knife and it like bounces off the armor. Ah. <laughs> the trooper just kind of looks down like, what? Hey, <laughs> that's super not up to code. And I imagine like knocks me out with like a butt yeah, of a rifle yeah. or something like that. Definitely mm-hmm. uh, surrender to 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 Lobo. So, so. Also, that your story didn't explain why you're not in uniform. Because <laughs> it was cold outside. You see this jacket? Oh, because we're in the big jacket. Yeah. <laughs> and I imagine, like, takes uh, Lobo and, like, yeah. handcuffs and, like, the passed out Lynn mm-hmm. gets, like, slung over a shoulder. Um, and if I can suggest uh, what the officer finishes with, uh, yeah, tells please. the trooper, take these two to the general. Absolutely, yeah, to the general. Um, and then they open up the door we were trying to go through. Yeah. Um, and start uh, marching Lobo down. Ooh, excellent. Oh, boy. So we cut back, and the general has just asked, where's the cargo? And for its worth, I'm imagining this is this is the moment of everything like going wrong, right? So like, you don't necessarily sure. have to be able to pass this in a good way. It can get messier. And sure. as far as where's the cargo, I like the idea that maybe during this conversation the actual cargo arrives, and John D. finds that out. Oh, cool. Yeah, no, I like that. So I'm guessing with uh, General John D. that he's brought quite a few people with him, or is it just him by himself? I think alone. I think alone because oh, he has a sense oh, that cool. like, okay. something is weird in a way that he doesn't want other people to know about. Like, he hired a criminal to do this, and, like, this is all kind of hush-hush. So he actually, like, 
doesn't and like imperial infighting right like the mandate uh if someone mm. finds out he's done something wrong or like he failed his head could be on the chopping block so this right. is a like deal with it myself sort of thing i am tempted to uh demonstrate why ronan saw lynn in himself because he has a concealable uh blaster and a plasma knife and i i really want him to take a couple quick steps toward the general and be a little stabby and see if we can take the general down without any like noise in that case i like the idea of you try and talk out of it for a second the general gets the information that it's actually arrived and that's yep. where you have to like step up and act and maybe there is the just the two troopers i mentioned the two guards uh, it's like yep. very small so that like the general can have to leave for the package and you two have to deal with the troopers right, right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, i heard that you arrived where is the child i arrived with my package where is the child oh child yes the child that you were transporting for me so that's definitely going to stop ronan from trying to kill somebody um general um the uh the the package is uh being delivered it's, it's just sort of taking a moment it needs to acclimatize the child needs to acclimatize to the from it coming out of space you understand then why are the two of you down here? We came ahead to meet you so that we could take you to the package. A discreet way of coming back, so to speak, without anyone's prying eyes. And just as he is about to believe you, oh. <laughs> you hear someone come in over the radio. General, we have someone here who's claiming to have a delivery for you. Like you can hear this on the radio. It's a child. And you see both of the stormtroopers, like, unlatch the safeties on their guns. And that's when Rowan decides to pull his blaster out and try to take a shot at the, the troopers. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, move you and your comrades now on an obstacle you can't overcome directly. <laughs> so you go for the troopers, not for the general, or do you go for the general? Uh, I'm going for the troopers first because they have more guns. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so you, in a flash have moved in on one of the troopers and like, or actually like just a hip shot. Right. And one mm -hmm. of the troopers like drops to their knees. Isn't, isn't like dead, but like drops. And the general sees this happening and just yells, take them out. I have to go retrieve the package. Uh, and like immediately goes to like move past the two of you, but the troopers mm -hmm. are raising their weapons. Uh, even the one that has like fallen. So I'm imagining the two of you are suddenly engaged in a fight as the like general moves like up behind you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do either of you want to describe your fighting techniques? You don't you don't have to, but I want to like give that moment as an option. And if not, I'm happy to narrate. You've done your move and I'm happy to narrate how it goes. Ronan fights dirty. Uh, he took that hip shot immediately to try and like disable one of the, the stormtroopers. Um, and then he's going to go like probably directly for that trooper um, yes. and try to knock knock them out with the uh, the butt of his blaster. Absolutely. He's like drops to his knees and then you come across with the butt of the blaster. <laughs> yeah. And then mm -hmm. uh, what is Cat doing? We haven't really seen Cat fight. No, Ooh. I know. Ooh. I think going for the other uh, person in the fight, Cat uh, uh, isn't, doesn't like, she just sort of stands there briefly and then uh, like a blink you blink and she's moved up straight close to this person uh totally. almost as if like fast forward a little bit and all she does i'm gonna do a strong move i'm gonna do intimidate someone in in order to get what you want and so what i want is for them to just be passive and not fight anymore and i'm just gonna whisper to them in their ear and it goes 
I forgive you for everything that you do. I'm sorry you had to do it. And use those words to zap any anger, any fear Mm -hmm. out of them. And I think in this temple that you have just entered, you are in sort of the, the, the vegetable of this temple. Those words echo in this trooper's ear. In fact, we get like a we get like an audio sound effect of like that echo. And we see them like sag a little bit and then take off their helmet. Yeah. And look at you. Thank you. It's okay. Let's take a seat. Hi. And like turns and looks at the temple. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know. No. I didn't understand. I sort of pat their shoulder as presumably Rona's like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> finishing like, off the other yeah, one. Yeah, I'm just like, it's mm-hmm. okay. It's okay. And yeah, and just make them not, not a threat anymore, but also just make it very clear if Rona sort of turns around and just sort of like put a hand up. So just sort of quietly talking to them as I sort of put them out of the days. And again, my aim is so that they just don't fight anymore, whether they stay in the space with us and just ignoring us or if they just wander off, that's absolutely fine as well. Totally. And I think, uh, if, if you don't mind, that's the moment we're going to cut back. Yeah. We cut back, and it just so happens that the child and our captured comrades are arriving around the same time. Does anyone want to take, uh, anyone who isn't me or Dusty want to take General Jondi so that like I can be be talking to, to Gen- the General Jondi? Uh, I'm happy to give it a go, but I'm always happy if Katrina wants to have a go as well. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll do I'll do Johnny. Go for it. It'll be great. And then in that case, Fiona, do you want to play the child? Maybe we uh sure. pick some traits yeah. for the child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's look. What traits do we want to use? I'm already thinking about attuned, ethereal, mm-hmm. innocent. Mm. What do we want from this ch- child who who has had so much placed on their shoulders? What sort of attitude do we want to give this child? Does anyone have have thoughts on that? Uh, how many traits can we give? It is it just just two, or is it as more? many as we want? Usually, it recommends two, and I, I okay. think two would work well. Cool, cool, cool. But even outside of the mechanics of the game, does anyone know? Do we want like a child who is wise beyond their years? Do we want someone who is innocent and uh, like doesn't really understand the full gravity of what they're getting into, or just like is is scared and wants to leave? Is it a mixture? Is it like frightened but has these strange insights i think that's what i'm leaning towards like they're they like the the very wise like they don't quite know what's going on but they like know what they could do Mm -hmm. um but also definitely scared because like yeah they don't know what's happening in this moment agreed perfect so i'm thinking we give them ethereal Mm -hmm. and let's see what's the other one going to be for them being kind of scared. Do we have anything that's like that? I'm not actually sure we do. Um, that would be an interesting thing to to add in a, a future version. It might be innocent. It sounds like the easiest one would be to go for innocent in this. Because that would tie into that, that fear, I think. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then a name for this child. Does anyone want to pull up the Don John Star Wars name generator and... and toss us a name yes actually does a uh, ronan's child have a decided gender because i think making it the same would be powerful yeah, agreed for... oh uh yeah definitely i'd say a, a little girl cool um mm-hmm. so in that case let's pick a girl's name from the star wars name generator miri pavan 
Lysa, Corti, Rena, Dival. Rena's nice. Rena has a good ring to it. Yeah. Rena, Rena Dival. And is in- ethereal and innocent. Mm-hmm. So we come to uh, General Jondi happening upon Lobo and Lynn. And I think Lynn has just woken up. Does General Jondi say anything to uh, open? So Jondi is rushing over after having encountered some infiltration, it seems, in the base. He says, there's been a security breach. I need four of you troopers down the hall. We have intruders. And then he beelines for the, the child. Is the child just out? or? I was imagining you run into like the, the officer we found before and the, these two captured ones and you get like mm-hmm. stopped. Maybe even actually, maybe it would make sense for the officer to open up uh, and be like, yeah. General Jondi, we captured these two trying to access the tunnel to the temple. So two more in your group are there. Are there any others? I have two down the hall. And I think Lynn is like, yes, dozens, all over, even within your ranks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, D like fully believes this because he's in a panic, panic rush. Mm. Everything was supposed to go very correctly today. And I would say that he probably has a promotion uh, riding on this. So he's going to use... Um, everything he's got to make sure this day is successful. I know we just said that, but I actually just had an idea I really want to play with, if that's okay. I'm sorry to like... No, 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 please, please, please. I have a move, find yourself captured, and have the skills to get yourself and only yourself free. (gasps) Brutal. And and Stad's like, says, do you have more? And Lynn's like, Rith Lobo standing there. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm not with these people. I'm Lynn Corrick. I don't know who you have elsewhere, but I'm, check my file, check the photo. I'm Lynn Corrick. If you let me out of these cuffs, I can help you secure the package. I want to point in, as soon as John D walked in, Lobo has been like, just pale face, like mm. silent. Waiting to be recognized. Yeah, that'll probably happen yeah. during this scene because because yeah. Gandhi was knows that you witnessed the the destruction of the order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're just they're just gonna be like sitting here, and then when like you see you say that Lobo kind of like blinks a little bit, just like now like coming out of that fear, but like still doesn't say anything yet. So Gandhi, his main trait is that he's super cunning, and one of his like major moves is that he can reveal he's been a step ahead. Uh, the whole time. Um, so I think with both Lobo in tow and Lynn's identification being fishy as it is, I don't want to play the move right now, but he's going to allow Lynn to come with him, I think, as part of his plan. But keep an eye. Yeah. Like she, Lynn is not allowed to go anywhere else but with him yes. to retrieve the package. And so he allows that with her um after like running checks or like doing whatever procedural thing he needs to do because he wants her at his side then he looks over at lobo and just kind of like gives him this like very thin but wide smile john d is a very like precise kind of guy and he remembers a lot of faces and he regrets very few of them so so he signals to lynn and says you're clear to come with me uh, and then he signals to Lobo and signals troopers over there and, and says, take them, secure them somewhere, and I'll be with them soon. 
And like Lynn's, the handcuffs come off and Lynn's Mm -hmm. like rubbing her wrist and is like, finally, I've been tired of these goody two shoes carting me around. And Lobo, I'm imagining, can't tell and the camera can't tell whether I am playing Jonathan or not. Like it's completely ambiguous. Does Lobo say anything? <laughs> Lobo is, like actually doesn't really say anything about like Lynn stuff. They're just like still staring Johnny down. Just whatever you're doing, you're gonna fail. People tell me all, that all the time, but I have thrived in this empire. <laughs> uh, I have I have thrived here because I outwit and surprise people at every turn. With me, then, Lynn. Whatever you say, boss. As they're walking away, I don't think this is going to stop them, but uh, Lobo says, people always realize it's it's time to listen when it's too late. And then sees the stormtroopers and just, fuck. <laughs> I think he says, uh, like, realize it's time to listen when it's too late. And Lynn, like, turns to look at you really quickly and looks at the general. And you can see this moment of her going, you realize that she doesn't know mm. if she's playing you or not. And she's starting, like, that statement makes the consequences of this choice sink in. And then she turns away. Will our crew of unlikely heroes, Ronan, Lobo, Kat and Lynn, do what they must to make the universe a better place? Find out next time on What Am I Rolling? The What Am I Rolling podcast was created, recorded, and edited by me, Fiona Howard. This episode's players were Dusty, Katrina, Jess, and myself, Fiona. This episode's special guest GM was author and game designer Jess Levine. You can find out more about her work on her website, jessfrom.online. This episode's RPG was Going Rogue 2E, a GMless anti-fascist tabletop RPG about war, rebellion, and making the ultimate sacrifice. You can find out more information about Going Rogue to e and grab your own copy on Jess's itch.io page. The theme music was 8-Bit March by Twin Musicon of twinmusicon.org, licensed under a Creative Commons 4.0 license. If you want to find out more about the podcast, check out the website. That's www.wairpodcast.com. Fancy getting in touch? Email the podcast at whatamirollingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, follow the podcast on social media at WAIR underscore podcast for the latest news on upcoming episodes. And remember, adventurers need not apply. <laughs>